0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. This one is episode 256 and we're diving deep into fear. Fear pertaining to well, being confined in a space high above the world and not having control over the outcome. But it's not just being on an airplane. It's being on the subway. It's being in a taxi cab. It's being in that job meeting. It's being in the movie theater. There are periods of, some, of our lives where we're in a situation where we feel like we're losing control. The dragon pops up randomly and it shocks us, it freezes us. And we've, we feel like, oh no, I don't have control over this and I might make a fool out of myself in front of all these people while I try and get a grip over myself and prevent myself from actually dying here. And so... We're diving into these fears, and how do you overcome these fears, especially over flying? Because I got this question from someone on Instagram, great question, because I was talking about my trip to Italy, going on that eight-hour flight over there, and he asked me, well, can you touch upon flying, and how are you able to do this for a long period? Like, How can someone with anxiety confront something like this? So in this episode, not only does my suggestions pertain to flying, but they pertain to fear in general. So that's why this is important. That's why you need to share this with somebody you know who is contending with some sort of fear, whether it's going on the bus or in the taxi or in the elevator or confronting work or confronting school, or the airplane, share this, it's really important. Also imagine having a program with you in your pocket, on your phone, that helps you contend with this anxiety. I have a downloadable program that you can take with you in the car, on the bus, on the airplane, And you can do, and you can listen to it, and there are strategies, there are exercises that help you desensitize yourself, but more importantly, make you braver. You want to know how to handle the unknown. You need armor. How do you, where do you get that armor? Well, from somebody who went through the same struggle you're currently going through and overcame it. What did they do? And that's why I started this channel is because I get to share what I did to conquer and overcome extreme unease and anxiety. So let's dive into today's episode. This one is a big one. Like I keep saying on every episode, but it's true though. I try and make these episodes very concise, impactful of wisdom and strategy, because I don't want you to come here and waste your time. I'm going to give you everything that you need to know in order to be better than you are. Really, I give you everything. You, if you're a long-time listener, you already know that. But if you're new to the channel, hey, man, I'm not holding anything back. This is what you need to do, and it's been proven to work. And trust me, trust in the process. Trust in someone who went through extreme hell, with health anxiety. Man, I had agoraphobia. It was no picnic. But I think the best way to start off this podcast about the fear of being confined to, well, being confined in a space where you have no control, like an elevator or like the bus or the taxi or the airplane. It's really important to I suppose, look at examples of how other people conquered this kind of fear. And I think the story, there is a part in Moses that is really eye-opening because he takes the Israelites from the tyranny of Egypt and he moves them into the desert towards the promised land, right? What does that mean? Well, sometimes we move from one situation that we feel is not good for us. And we think, oh, I want to get to this better place in my life. But we have to go through this transition period of the desert, right? And in the story, the Israelites and Moses are wandering around the desert before they get to the promised land. So this means that you have to wander around and learn and grow and go through these growing pains in order to get to somewhere better. But it might not seem like it; anything's getting better until you know, until you conquer the unknown, until you conquer that empty space, the, the vastness of the novelty or the unknown. So while they are wandering around, they keep getting bitten by snakes. Right. And it opens their eyes because, man, like when you get bitten by something or you can look at it like you're getting bitten by the reality of existence. There are snakes out there. And oh, God, you know, they could potentially kill me. So that opens your eyes to the reality. You're no longer unconscious. You're more conscious of, well, how fallible we really are. So the snakes are biting the Israelites and this is what God does. He, he suggests, well, God being the voice of your conscience, right? So God, the, your conscience says, well, if I'm being bitten, I, what I should do is create a bronze image of the snake and put it on a pole in front of the town, the square of our community, so that when the Israelites get bit— come and look at the bronze image of the snake and study it. What does that mean? Because this is the hallmark of psychotherapy. If you study what bites you, what makes you fearful, then that desensitizes you. But more importantly, you get braver. And this is so important i mean if you can take anything away from any of my podcasts that's it confronting what makes you uncomfortable what bites you what haunts your dreams and confronting that i mean dream analysis is really really important like if you have a nightmare the best thing you can do is while you're awake shut your eyes replay the nightmare but solve the nightmare through your imagination and that lessens the fear it has over you because if you ignore it like ignoring the the name Voldemort I don't want to say his name but when you say his name you're lessening its grip that it has over you the fear shrinks and you grow as a consequence that's important so this is what you need to do Well, I think first let's look at the challenges of a health anxiety sufferer because we need to know that, right? What are the challenges? Well, a health anxiety sufferer contends with the random strange body sensations, and that pops up randomly in a public place, and it freezes them because, well, I'm losing control over myself. I may die. And, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself in front of my colleagues or the random people around me. And, yeah, those are big reasons to freeze, man. And where exactly is the snake here? Because there's no... Predatory animal literally in front of them, but the animal is right here. It's in themselves. The predator, the fear, it's in your own heart. Okay, so the symptom itself is a snake. Right, It's novel. You don't have any mastery over that thing, or you, it's not well known to you. You're just taking it for what it is. It's uncomfortable. And the snake is also in your current lifestyle choices all the micro routines that you do on a daily basis that may contribute to the sensations and the anxiety you're feeling. Maybe your diet is not what it could be. Maybe you're still smoking cigarettes. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Maybe your relationship is on the rocks. Maybe your job is just too much for you to bear. Maybe, I don't know, there are all of these little micro problems at your home that you've swept under the rug and you're not contending with and all of these things are there simmering under the surface and so one day when you're out on the subway this the anxiety that or the stress rather and the anxiety that you're currently contending with are is producing a wide range of sensations and that's making you fearful because the reality of existence is opening itself up to you in the form of the sensation and now you go oh no i could die i am a fallible person what could this mean and that's no joke that's a snake all right and so there are what i'm getting at is there are many snakes under the surface that could be contributing to the snake that is the symptom okay okay but also, it could be your past as well. Maybe you're overly sheltered. You're you lived comfortably for a long time, right? You're, you're relied on your loved ones all the time for reassurance and safety and support. But when some rug gets pulled out from under you and reality creeps in, you're like, "Oh no, you know, life is not so safe after all, and it's too much for me to handle, and I can't." I can't bear it. You know, that's the Siddhartha story. That's the Buddha story, right? He lived so comfortably in his walled kingdom for such a long time. And then he, when he stepped out, he, he was confronted by the reality, right? Death, disease, decay, suffering. And that froze him and it terrified him. But then what did he do? And we're going to get into that. But Let's look at how one conquers their fear of being in that public place, okay? And for this podcast, that example is going to be the airplane because that's a great question. How do you handle being on an airplane? Well, how you handle being on an airplane is no different than how you handle Going into an elevator you're fearful of or going into that taxi or going on that subway. This is no different. So this applies to everything. That's why you must share this podcast. The first thing I recommend that you do is you watch video clips. Maybe it could be some movie clips or it could be um, just clips on YouTube of people in an airport just what it's like in there, because you're gonna have anxiety in the airport because you're gonna know it's coming, right? Your fear is gonna come eventually. Like This is one step towards that. So well, like, just watch videos of, of people in an airport because the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So when you're imagining the airport, or you're watching the clips of the airport, you might feel a little bit of that stress and anxiety. But watch it until you feel bored, right? You're feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm so bored of this. And so that's the amygdala getting used to the images, getting used to the situation. Like somebody who's fearful of a needle, you watch enough videos of a needle, you're just going to get bored of it eventually. You're going to desensitize yourself of the imagery and your that's your amygdala your your anxiety response simmering itself down because you you confront it it's like confronting the bronze snake on the pole you study it long enough it's you know it's mastered but after 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 watching those clips i want you to watch youtube clips of people on the airplane Watch people on the airplane, just watch people sitting on an airplane. You know, whatever they're doing, they're probably eating their snacks and they're probably sleeping or they're probably watching a movie. What do they look like? So do that until you become bored of that. But then, I think this is the most important part of this process. I want you to imagine yourself on that plane and imagine that experience going the way you really want it to go. So imagine yourself sitting confidently on the airplane seat. Imagine the plane taking off. Maybe you have a smile on your face. What are the thoughts running through your head? What do you look like? How do you feel? And imagine that until you feel comfortable, until you feel like, you know, the anxiety has lessened and you feel kind of a more confident feeling. You know, that's what I get after doing that exercise. I feel a little bit more confident. I feel like the anxiety is, a, is way less. But I want to really go over the thoughts, right? And, and, and before I actually do that, How many times should you imagine this before the flight itself? I I would say do this two to one week before the trip every single day for 10 minutes. That's it. Just sit with yourself for 10 minutes. Just go over it in your head, but the ideal way and I want you to imagine after you, that experience, getting off the plane and, you know, maybe you're striking a Superman or a Superwoman pose right when you get off the plane. You're feeling good, maybe you're laughing with your children or your husband or your wife or whatever it is. You're just feeling good. You're you know, you're waving bye to the, the stewardess as you're walking off the plane. But that's what is really important. Imagine that's your tool. Like we see that implemented in Harry Potter. I know. I know Rowling used these cognitive uh, reframing tools in Harry Potter by by portraying the Dementor as the fear and Harry's training as well. What's required to overcome the fear? Because what he does in the books is he. To reframe the fear. Well, first he confronts the Bogart Dementor, right? And that's like the representation of what's imaginary, because the Bogart Dementor is not the real dementor. It's like a, an imaginary representation of the real thing. And so he confronts that. But also how he confronts that is by reframing or or, you know, by but because like when he you confront a dementor, all of the negative fears. And aspects of of your life are are heightened to such a great degree, but for him, he he has to learn to reframe and, and switch those memories to positive memories, and that's how you conquer the fear. So, while you're on the airplane, this is what you need to do, right? Because you're going to feel that anxiety. It's not gonna you're not gonna get on that plane, and you're gonna be a wizard, and everything's gonna go. Um, perfectly, I mean, maybe for many people who've conquered the plane in those feelings, yeah, they seem normal. But for somebody who hasn't, like so many people out there, this is what you need to do. I would say write down a list of thoughts that will help you manage the anxiety and reframe the anxiety on the plane. So the ones I use are... I'm so excited to go on this adventure. I switch that nervousness to excitement. I'm excited. And that's what you need to say to yourself. But I recommend if you're new to this way of thinking, write these down. This is an opportunity to change. This is an opportunity to change. So what? What? If I'm feeling sick on this plane, should I really care what other people think? Do I want them to be my friend? If people get annoyed at me, that shows that they don't care about me. Why should I care so much about what they think? If I throw up, I throw up. If I faint, I faint if it kills me let it kill me this is a battle against myself this is a battle battle against myself it's time to prove my old self wrong these are really important for the anxiety that could manifest itself within that situation. On the other side of temporary suffering, there is long-term gain. Maybe take this podcast with you on the plane and listen to it like religiously. Maybe that's what you need to do so this can sink in. remember that the anxiety that you experience on the plane, it could linger. Don't expect it to go away right away. But by saying these mantras or these thoughts to yourself, this will calm down the right hemisphere of the brain. Okay, because the right hemisphere is producing the chaos, right? And also the left by the language you use. But imagine if you switch that language, that language directly impacts the messages from the right, but also it, it is interconnected with the amygdala. It calms down your anxiety. That is really, really important. Because, you know, the, the amygdala is reflexive in nature, but you can use your language to calm down that amygdala. It's the stories we tell ourselves. So don't expect miraculous results right away on that airplane, right? Or in any situation that is causing you fear, just know that if you come in with a plan of action, You come in with some sort of plan. You come in with a sharpened sword. And you voluntarily confront it courageously. Then new parts of you emerge. It's like Gandalf the Grey transforming into Gandalf the White. This is a transformation of the psyche. Very, very important to know. in in enlightening. Here are some also pre flight suggestions, right? Exercise before the thing that is causing you anxiety. Go for a walk, go for a jog, lift some weights, just get that tension out of the body it'll help you relax because sometimes on flights you can get really squeamish and squirmish you know you're kind of wiggling around a lot on the seat you're feeling uncomfortable you're feeling tight you're feeling like you have a lot of tension and adrenaline but you can release some of that beforehand and then i also recommend that you get to the airport early Get to the airport early so you have enough time to relax and sort yourself out. You want to be sitting near the gate of your flight at least an hour before you actually board, right? But also in the morning, I recommend you eat something with high protein, high fat, something that'll provide you with energy. I personally eat a a low-carb, ketogenic diet so something like eggs and bacon works great for me or steak and eggs or something like that that will help you calm down because if you don't eat anything that just causes it doesn't help with anxiety and then i recommend that you take the recovery program with you I mean, you can write in the journal on the plane, you can listen to the audiobooks, you can listen to the calming exercises on the plane. This is a great tool for you. Remember to go to UnplugAnxiety.com. And I want to get into what Joseph Campbell illustrated in one of his books, The Hero who accepts the call to adventure winds up in the belly of the whale before any real achievement. See, that's sort of similar to what I was saying with the Moses story, moving from the tyranny out into the desert towards the promised land. Well, the desert represents the belly of the whale in the in the hero, in the hero story, right? The adventure ignites your spirit because. It beckons possibility and potential. But as Harry Potter finds out, Hogwarts holds the biggest challenges he will ever have to face in his life. Even though he's moving from the Dursleys, that tyranny, into the promised land of Hogwarts, he realizes, you know, it's Hogwarts is not so easy. Rather, it's unbelievably challenging, right? It Definitely. Because he has to confront Satan himself, Voldemort, the ultimate snakes. So as we can see with the progression of Harry's arc throughout the books, the challenges he faces get larger and larger from one book to the next. As he grows and develops, so do the challenges. And without optimal exposure to challenges, the challenges find you and take you out. They find you. By ignoring God's call to confront a challenge, Jonah runs away. That's the Jonah and the whale story. But because Jonah runs away, by doing so, things get worse for him. The snake grows so much that it swallows him up and he winds up in hell, in that belly of the whale. That's exactly what happens to an agoraphobic. That's what happened to me. You run away from the anxiety that you face out in that public place. The anxiety grows in size and it becomes harder to confront that public place the next time. An agoraphobic is someone with anxiety who retreated enough times so that the world itself becomes terrifying and they can't venture away from their home anymore. We all get bitten. We all get swallowed at some point in our lives. But like Jonah, our best bet forward is to admit our wrongs, admit our fears, and confront those fears forthrightly. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Let me know what you think about this episode. Leave your comments below. Thank you for joining this community and being a part of this recovery community because this is not about coping. This is about healing and growing forward and stumbling forward towards our potential. Also share this podcast. That's all I ask. And also rate this podcast on Spotify. It takes two seconds. Boom. Rate that thing. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.